You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heath Fluids Podcast. Actually, we're getting a little bit of a break in the weather here in Florida, which it has been hot. And I'm just going to say my guest was just here a couple weeks ago, so he can tell you that it has been flat out hot. And when I say that, I mean in like hundreds, like we're talking hundreds, you know. And so today when I woke up and it was in the low 70s and they said the next couple of days is going to be in the 60s in the morning, I'm like, praise God, I'm going to be doing some walking and some biking in the morning. So I don't believe in coincidence. I attended an event a little over a week and a half ago with my friend Ray Higdon called the Faith Over Fear Business Summit. And uh, I'm going to be telling you guys a story on the podcast next week, which I'm super excited about. But today's guest was a very impactful part of Ray's event. And not just for me, but for my wife. And, you know, I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to let him tell his story here today because I believe the most important aspect of our life that we have is our story. You know, I was raised by an alcoholic father's home. I was told I'd never graduate from high school or go to college. I've got multiple degrees, a PhD in nutrition, things that the enemy tried to tell me I wasn't going to do. God knew that he had a plan for me, and that was to prosper me and to give me a hope and a future. And so when I heard Reggie's testimony, my wife and I was like, well, we need to try to find and meet Reggie. Like, and actually Ray said to me, make sure that you're in the room when Reggie Flowers speaks. I was like, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And my wife and I, we sat in the front row all three days, just listening and growing. To be honest, we went to Ray's event with an expectation. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you today. I've had an expectation all day about this interview. Because I believe that, and I had a word for Reggie before we stopped on, got on this thing. And I believe it was an extension of what I heard the Holy Spirit tell me back in January, that he was going to put people in front of me, that he was going to use me to speak into, but in turn, he was going to use them to speak into my life. And Reggie did that when we first met, you know, he actually, at one time I kind of got walked away and he spoke into my wife's life. And so when you, when you have those things, and when I think about Reggie, when I listen to who he is, he's a kingdompreneur, he's an author, he's a CEO, like he gets it. You know, he's funny, right? I know that. I know that he's funny, right? Like he smiles a lot. He's just full of life. And this was something that I heard. But then when I read his bio, he's full of proven strategies and solutions to help people transform their lives. Now, let me just say that we could drop this mic, you know, and just leave and say, this is who Reggie is, right? But I'm excited to hear from him. I'm excited for the people to hear from him because I believe that the lives that were changed at Ray's event will just continue to be an extension of Reggie's life and who he is. And so Reggie Flowers, my brother, I'm honored to have you today, man. My wife and I were up praying this morning. She said, oh, you're interviewing Reggie today. Tell him I love him and appreciate him. I'm a little teary-eyed just thinking about it. But brother, what an honor and a privilege to have you with me today. I am excited and thrilled. And let me tell you this. 
You just spoken so much into me because as I mentioned earlier, today's been a very demanding emotional day. And there's nothing greater than when you have people around you that can help fill up your cup, right? Oftentimes when you're of service and you're being selfish, you're pouring, you're sowing, you're pouring, but to have people around you that can fill you up in a time of need, again, it's just God's perfect will. And I'm grateful that we connected. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to meet you and your wife and just to see what you're doing for the kingdom and and what he's doing in your life. And it will be more than just impact, the stewardship, the lives that he's trusting you to steward, the resources that he's entrusting you to steward are going to be tremendous. And they're going to help combat the enemy's schemes and plans and strategies and the people you're going to uplift in the process, the souls that you're going to redirect you know, to his covenant is just going to be tremendous. So thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to share a little bit about my story, a little bit about myself. And I think we're going to have a great time. I think we are too. We were just talking about this before, like, you know, my experience with Dr. Maxwell, you know, having somebody pour into your life for years, there's been several people that have made massive impacts in my life. And one of them was Dr. Eric Thomas, who's a motivational speaker, who has became one of my great friends. We text at least every other week, sometimes once a week, and just encourage each other. Because when you're out there impacting a lot of people's lives, right? Like your people are always at you, pulling you in different directions. You know, when I was told to step into full-time ministry, I was like, God, are you sure? And you want me to do that? Like, you want me to ask for that? And you want me to do that? You know, and I was like, okay. And my wife said, my wife said this. She said, it's your time right? It's your time. There's something missing was her word, Reggie. There's something missing. And when I sold one of my businesses a couple years ago and we lost everything in 2019, I was like, most people would have been fearful. Yeah. But what I realized when I heard you speak about the loss of your wife and where you are now, it has to change our perspective on who God is in our life. And, And God took me to Haggai 2 in chapter 9, where it says the latter days of our home and our lives will be greater than the former days. And so thank you for saying that. So brother, tell me who is Reggie Flowers. Like, I feel like I've read your bio and I feel like I've watched some of your videos and I'm like, I feel like I know him, but I'm just going to say this now that we're live is that I have an expectation brother of getting to know you better and hopefully the extension of what we can do going forward for the kingdom We'll be able to be an encouragement and a blessing like we have been today, clear through eternity. So thank you. Yes. No, I stand in agreement and accept that. I really like to begin really in my childhood. You know, oftentimes when we hear about people being triumphant as you know leaders or kingdompreneurs, there's a interesting story. And for me, my childhood was nothing short of a fairy tale. Raised by a single mother tremendous love. I mean, all I can remember in my household is tremendous love, uncles that had great marriages. So I had an opportunity to grow up and see what it means to be a great provider. Although my father wasn't present, I got to see other men that stood and were faithful to their wives and valued building families. And so I was an athlete my entire life, very much involved in the community. My mother was a social worker, so she was a community activist, very involved. So I got to see a lot early on in my childhood about being of service, being raised in a Baptist church. You know, she did all she could to make sure I was provided with a very firm and solid foundation. And being at Faith Over Fear and seeing when Emily 
you know, kind of went over those who had troubling childhoods, just the volume of people that stood up and the volume of experiences. It just really afforded me a lot of gratitude in that moment for my mother because she shielded me from a lot of that. I didn't have to experience any abuse. I didn't have to experience any neglect. I didn't have to experience lack, right, as a childhood. I mean, in my childhood. And so, uh, you know, segueing out of that, graduated high school successfully. That time when I went to college, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Realized that shadowing physicians and looking into their lifestyles, that wasn't something that I wanted long term. Got introduced to the industry and network marketing at 19 years old. Although I had seen other opportunities prior to the one I accepted, I wasn't interested. But this one made sense to generate revenue off of essential household bills. Got involved. First year, sucked at it. And the primary reason was just ego and pride, right? It's funny, you're broke, but you're prideful. You're broke, you got ego. Humbled myself into year two, got into the information. Like you said, John Maxwell was very instrumental. Zig Ziglar, you know, and the list goes on of the, the voices that began to minister into my mind about growth and, and becoming more than you could be, right? And through that, company for 11 years, had tremendous success, you know, in my mid-20s, experienced a lot of the world, traveling the world, seeing the world. Got to a place where I became arrogant, a little cocky, because I was becoming full of self, right? I was removing myself from the word, removing myself from the true source and becoming full of self. And so quickly had a way of pausing and diminishing that business, really went on a tremendous decline, quicker than I could ever describe how it happened. And no matter how hard I worked to try to rebuild, it just wouldn't happen. And I knew then at that moment that God was getting my attention and that I had separated myself from him. And so that's when I was encouraged to create The Hour of the Struggle, which is my book, The Five Incontrovertible Laws for Transformation Success. I wrote that book in 90 days. And after the completion of that book, I didn't publish it for a whole year because I used that as my own blueprint. Those five laws really helped me navigate myself, the new skills that I needed. And then also that once I got through this season of famine, how I would be of service to other people. And then my transition, I got into traditional business, started investing primarily in tech opportunities, raising funds investing those funds. And we were fortunate early on to have some notable investments that had quantum growth. And that really began to peg a new direction of business creation, value creation, you know, working with founders of companies, helping them see problems and work through problems. And then the mastery of problem solving really emerged in this experience. You know, today, as you mentioned, I was married twice. So the first time, you know, I was fortunate to have three beautiful children that my wife transitioned as a result of a very rare cancer called leptomeningeal disease. And two years after she had passed, God sent me another bride. And just for being faithful in that season, he increased us. You know, he increased where we lived, our resources, our faith, you know, everything was increased. And so today now I'm a father of five wonderful children. I have a beautiful bride. And, you know, we're just in a season where when the storms come, we have the umbrella, right? You know, we're able to navigate those storms successfully. And we just realize how to live well, no matter what the enemy tries to do. You know, we have God's final word, his final say. And today, like I said, I'm expanding those operations. 
You see the logo on my chest here. It's our faith-based organization called Kingdompreneur Mentor. You know, focus on helping leaders experience God's unfair advantage. I am a firm believer that when you are truly aligned and are obedient to the spirit, there's going to be evidence. And so you can have a spiritual and faith-based relationship where there's evidence for you to stand on, to move into and continue to increase your relationship and trust in God, increase your spirit. And that's what Kingdompreneur really represents as a, as a nonprofit entity serving leaders, you know, that are looking either to they've experienced God and now they're like, where do I go? Or they're at a place where they've lost that and they want to reactivate. How do I activate God's unfair advantage so that when I step into my authority, step into my will or God's will for my life, I'm fully activated and present in that. I love that. I love that. I was listening to a very strong prophetic voice, a lady named Jenny Weaver the okay. other day. And I don't know if you know who Jenny is, but Jenny has built a very strong community called the core group. And she, I think she has something like 12,000 people in that group now. Right. And when you were speaking, it spoke to me about some of the things I was like, okay, Lord, I want to ask him about this. I want to ask him about this. I want to ask him about this, but what do you want me to ask him about? Right. And so as that plan, and I I shared with Reggie that I was in a mentorship program with Tim story. And he said, this is not your personality. And then, cause then I interviewed him and I asked him some questions. And and when the questions that I asked him, we've been friends ever since, because I, I remember Dr. Maxwell saying this in one of my very first teachings that I learned from him. I was probably in my late twenties. And he Mm -hmm. said, the person that asked the most questions wins. And he said, but the person who listens the most wins. And then he said, once you think you're the smartest person in the room, he said, get out of that room as quick as you can and get in and around a room of people that are smarter than you so that you can learn from them. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about kingdom entrepreneurship, because I love that word. I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm, I love that word, like the power of it. And you talked even in some of your teachings and things that you talk about, you talk about three levels of this word kingdom entrepreneurship. So I didn't know which way God was going to take me. And then he just kind of took me right to it because you brought it up and then it's something new. I mean, I can't, I can't let Reggie wear his shirt and not talk about like what he's gifted at. Right. And so, you know, teaching and speaking and, and being used by God is a gift. Like I used an example a couple of weeks ago of a, a group of pins that I have, and I've, I've since just taken out the ones that work. If I don't use each of those pins a little bit throughout a year, when I try to use them again a year later, they don't work, right? And the Holy Spirit gave me revelation about that. He's like, those are the same way of the gifts and talents that I give you. If you don't use them, they go dormant and they don't work. Like they're there, but you have to allow them to be manifested in your life. And when my spiritual father taught on the manifestation of the spiritual gifts, I was like, oh, like this is something that I have to understand. So Reggie, why don't you dive in and kind of let the Lord kind of pull some things out on that word and the levels, you know, the three levels of that and kind of share with me because I'm excited to learn. I got Absolutely. my pencil. I got my pencil ready, my brother. I got my pencil ready. Well, listen, let's let's go ahead and have this conversation because we realized that free enterprise here in the Western world is the ability to deploy capital and use that capital to create value and exchange that value to build. 
And value creation is something that we don't often spend a lot of time on. But if you're anytime you can create something where someone's willing to take the representation or the money in their pocket and give it to you in exchange for that value, that's value creation. And yeah. that is the fundamental step of wealth, right? The greater you can create that impact and greater create that exchange is the wealth creation. Money is just the representation of that. That is it. Money is not the wealth. It's the representation of wealth. And so kingdompreneurship is simply entrepreneurship that's rooted in kingdom principles. Mm. So even when you look at the business model of Solomon, right, that he used communication as a form, counsel, consulting, right, for people came far and wide with great treasures to get his wisdom and in exchange. And so you can study his business model and there's other business models biblically, but principled in the decision making, how you govern yourself, how you govern your business, all surrounded by kingdompreneurship. And so when I was developing the three levels, because I'm like, what is it that we ultimately want to get to? Ultimately, we want to get to a place of stewardship. Mm. And to a place of stewardship, we relinquish what the world expects from us in terms of how we steward and provide value and retain value when we realize this fundamental principle. We don't own any of it, right? Mm. It is all our fathers. We are heirs into the stewardship of it. And so if we maintain that, then we can get through these levels. So the first level is the renter. And so the renter is someone who is lacking knowledge, they're lacking understanding, and they're definitely lacking wisdom. And so therefore, there's ignorance there. So therefore, due to the lack of truth, they're not free, right? They're in bondage. And in any area of their life where there isn't the freedom that they're seeking, that is the lack of truth being represented there. Mm. And so that's the renter. And then we just translate that same concept into like even someone's renting a home, right? When they're renting a home, they don't have an obligation to that home. They don't have a sense of purpose related to that home, okay? They also don't have a fundamental governance of that home. So that is the same relationship they have in the kingdom because they're a renter. So they don't know their relationship and that they're heirs of the ultimate and the most high. So they're renting. That we, and we and sometimes we refer to those people as like quasi Christians or deactivated, right? They have not found the Lord and Savior for that purpose and direction. Then we step into the owners, and I can use the same analogy of own home ownership, where you now have made a decision to step in and have a higher degree of commitment to that home. You know, you don't know everything about the home, but what you do have is you have some fundamental knowledge, okay. And so you understand what the home is, how it operates, but you don't know everything. Give an example, like we had a huge storm here not too long ago and, and my home standard sump pump overfilled, right? And it was just too much and water. Reggie, where are you again? I'm in Michigan. So Detroit, that's Michigan. That's right. I forgot about that. And so long story <laughs> short, our lower level had some water flood and it's finished, right? And we're talking about 2,000 square foot of finished basement. Grace of God, there wasn't any significant damage. It was very minor. But again, I didn't have the wisdom to know that after that storm, I should go check that sump pump, right? Mm. And so owners, they have knowledge, they have understanding of the kingdom, but they're not employing themselves with the wisdom of the kingdom, right? Mm. So that's where the owner is. They're not the, the employment of that. It's not there. 
And then the steward, they have the knowledge of the word. They have the understanding. So they understand in context, they can make it applicable to themselves in their lives. And then they employ themselves and they do that through the development of themselves. And that's how you become a steward. So I really look at the definition of success is identifying your purpose, then equipping yourself for that purpose, and then employing yourself for that purpose is really how definition. And then we've heard Earl Nightingale say a worthy accomplishment. I mean, there's many, many definitions, but when I look at it from a biblical context, is identifying your purpose, then equipping yourself for that purpose, and then employing yourself in that purpose. See, so oftentimes people are going in a different direction of their purpose. They haven't identified it. They're not clear of it. And that leaves them either in a renter space or their owners. But getting to stewardship, here's what happens. Here's the outcome. Resources flow in and out of you quicker. You're detached emotionally to these things. So you own the things, but the things don't own you. You engage yourself in in relationships quicker because you're not worried about trusting people. You're trusting God so you can engage with anyone and know that God's covering you because you're aligned, you're praying. So you don't have trust issues, right? You're able to do the work without fear, without worry, right? You can move with a sound mind when you enter in stewardship. The weight of the world's pressures are off of you when you move in stewardship. And so that's why our mission is to really help people move into that third phase, which is stewardship. That's so good. That's so good. So when you're talking about renters and owners and being a steward, like some people relate, you know, like, hey, some people say, oh, you should just rent a house or you should, you know, like I've been a renter for a while just because of what we went through financially. And my wife really likes this. And it's funny when you brought that up, the owner of the home said to me, you guys treat my home like it's your own. And you said something about that. Like most people do not do that. Right. Like when they say, don't drill stuff into the walls or don't do this. People are like, oh, that's why I give them a security deposit or, you know, yeah. this is why he goes into renting. But when you literally understand, you know, and you said lack of knowledge, right? Like what the Bible says, the reason we lack knowledge is because we don't ask for it. Right. Yeah. And as we talked about stewarding, you know, we're basically really stewarding everything in our life. Right. Like, like, and Proverbs, it says, if you have any good thing in your hand, you have a moral responsibility to share it with others, right? If that's giving, if that's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a prophetic word, it actually says, don't tell Reggie to come back tomorrow. Hey, Reggie, I got a word for you. Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. no, give it to him today, right? give it to them today. So that's good. So we got the renter, the owner and the steward. So our goal is to be a better steward, right? The better steward of our finance. Yeah, go ahead. And even people are listening right now, you'll realize that the qualities of the renter versus the qualities of the steward, the real distinction is wisdom because the renter also doesn't own. The steward realizes that why they should not own, right? It's the wisdom And then the owner gets entrapped in this worldly view of control. And so therefore, you know, John Maxwell will say it all the time. You want to be a river, not a reservoir, right? When you get into ownership, you start attaching your identity to things. You start focusing on acquisitions. But if you ever look at, let's just just back up and take it out of a biblical context and just move into the world. When you look at the top 1% of 1%, 
when you look at their business structures, their trust structures, when you look at their any type of economic structure, the whole goal is to own nothing but control everything. Isn't that not stewardship? So those who you see from a, a scoreboard standpoint economically, you look at their structures, they're all good with being pursued in lawsuits because that's what they have assets and irrevocable trust. So they have zero reliability related to those assets, right? And then they have someone steward that trust as a beneficiary, you know, to them. And so when you just look at the construct of the ultimate goal, even in the worldly sense, is still to own nothing but control everything. Mm-hmm. So where do you think that belief is funded, rooted in? It's biblical. But the enemy doesn't want you to see that. The enemy no wants way. you to be about self, I, me, this is in my name, I own this, I have this, right? I, I, I. But those who play at the highest levels, it's not about I your value creators. And so that's something why we want to just really get the world focused or the people out of the world into stewardship. I love that. I love that. So one more thing I wanted to talk about, and this is good because you kind of led us into this was your book. Like people laugh when they look at my Kindle, like you and Lisa read all these books and then they come here and they look at our rooms and, you know, and, and I learned this from John. He's like, readers are leaders. Right. Like when I started, when I whispered into John's ear something, he's like, you've been reading my books for years, right? Like, you know, 40 some years. Right. And he's written like 90 and he's got more on the way. Right. Like, and so when you're an author, your goal is to make an impact in that lives of those people that read your book. And I, I used some things last night that Tim story wrote in his book called the miracle mentality you know, another book, uh, my friend, Dr. Myron Golden wrote from the trash man to the cash man. Right. And Myron and I play golf about three or four times a year. And I kind of ask him stuff about the book. And so I want to ask you, you know, the five incontrovertible laws of transformation, success, and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Tell me a couple takeaways of some things that people can look forward to when reading that book that would challenge them to read that book. Cause whenever I read a book, Reggie, I always say, God, change my life through this book. Allow me to have some revelation and some takeaways from that. So fill me in on that a little bit. The most important takeaway is realizing that your struggle is an asset, not a liability. Ooh, say that again. Yes. The moment you realize you're going to learn that your struggle, whatever you're struggling with, it is an asset, not a liability. Mm. And the distinction is, it's not the thing that you're struggling with, but the person that you become realizing that that struggle is the gateway to transformation for you. So if someone's struggling with porn, then they're struggling with both an emotional addiction and they're also struggling with a self-management addiction, right? So the opportunity there is that one of the greatest gifts our creator has given us is the ability to be self-managed. So now there's an opportunity to become a vigorous and tenacious disciplined individual coming out of that struggle, mm-hmm. right? Because of withdrawing, being, you know, having discernment, having wisdom around the matter, right? Operating at a different level. If someone's struggling with the addiction of alcoholism, right? The consumption and the experience of body, 
that person often has finds the opportunity to reshape their body, their nutrition, how they value their tempo, how they utilize their tempo moving forward, right? So the key is realizing that my struggle is not a liability. My struggle is an asset. And when you read and we take you through the five laws, then you're able to work through that so that when you come out at the last law, so like we start with the first law, which is the law of embracement. And the law of embracement, by definition, just simply means that in order for things to change, I have to be willing to accept them. Mm. And so until we accept that, hey, I am an alcoholic or I am struggling with porn or for me, I am broke in that season. Until I accepted it, I was remaining, rendering it powerless in my life. I mean, I was powerless in my own life because I wouldn't accept it. But the moment Mm. I harnessed it, then I then took the power from it. Okay, good. Then the second law, which is the law of engagement, means that I had to be a part of my own rescue. So it starts with me. It ends with me. And so I am to be responsible and to stand bold in making these decisions. And the third law is the law of equipping. So now I need the right tools for the right job. And so depending on if I'm looking to transform my mindset, if I'm looking to develop skills for my finances, relationships, once I know the focus, then I can then build a curriculum to put in, provide new inputs, right? Because whatever I put in will ultimately come out. So I need to be equipped. Then the fourth law is the law of empowerment. Now we have to fuel that progress. And so we have to be responsible for putting forth the effort until in the book I described, it's important to do it until, until you produce the outcome and results that you're seeking, it's until. So often our issue as humans is we become impatient. Mm. See, patience ultimately for most people is defined as giving themselves a timeline. And once that timeline expires, they feel like they were patient. But true patience is until, until that desired outcome, that until that desired focus has been met, I will do it until. And we know there's seed and there's time, then there's harvest. But that time could be months. It could be years. It could be decades. 50 years, right? 50 years. We don't know. So seed, time, harvest. And then the last law, the law of elevation, which means that once you've gone through your transformation, everything around you will be impacted positively as well. And now this is your opportunity to contribute. And so now you've reached a place where now you've gone through your struggle, you've elevated, and now you can help other people. This is where the law, you know, we begin to contribute to others and be of value to other people with that fifth law. Wow. That's so good. Lisa and I listen to these on Sundays on the way to church, Rezzy. Like we just, you know, we pause and we, we have about a 30 minute drive to work. And, you know, sometimes we'll listen to it on the way to my father's. But uh, that was so good. So let's finish with this. What is something that you're working on right now that you're excited about? Like what is Reggie super excited about right now that's going on in his life that you can impart to? I'm going to sign up for it. Like, let me be imparted. Yes. Yes. I'm excited that it's been a season where I was away from coaching and really mentoring people in a public fashion. Right. So I was doing privately through Anytime we invest in a company or acquire a company, there would be that mentorship experience between me and the, and the team. And, and so now with the launch of Kingdompreneur Mentor, we're now open up a public opportunity where we're developing, well, it's developed a nine-month curriculum. And that curriculum is really designed for transformational experience in the areas of fitness, both physical and spiritual. 
family, right? We really want to get God's family back sewn in tight, you know, responsibilities, expectations, you know, really in a biblical way. That order is missing right now in today's time. And then finance. And I don't just mean the fundamental financing, like budgeting and saving. I mean, how do we supersize our resources to a eight, nine, 10 figure level and be able to impact? Because if you think about how can a person who doesn't have the money go and buy assets that are tens of millions, hundreds of millions, because they understand financial structures? Well, teaching that to the people of faith, these financial structures where now they can raise capital, deploy capital, and be in a position to impact. So I'm really excited taking about taking my experience. When I look at my life, and I look at this year I made a decision to get fit, you know, so I lost about 40 pounds that I put on. Come Right. I made a decision, you know, when you look at my house and my order, you know, oftentimes I have people always saying, Reggie, would you do a course on how to raise children? Like your children, their obedience and their behavior, like it's just really unique. And God always shows us because whenever we leave the home, people feel the need to go out their way to bless us by telling us how great the kids are, the way they're conducting themselves. It doesn't matter if it's the two year old or the 11 year old. There's always someone stopping us saying great job and they're going out of their way. And so it just comes to a point where you're humbled by it, but now you need to teach it because there's something there, right? There's there's separate family bloodlines due through what, the tragedy. And if you're being able to be consistent across different personalities, there's an outcome there. No, I was just saying, thank you, God. I was like, wow, this is so good. And then the last part is the finance. You know, one of the things I'm also excited about is that God gave me a vision to take my boutique investment firm from boutique to enterprise. And the vision was you're going to be stewarding billions of dollars, you know, for the kingdom. And so thank you, how do you do that? And it's such an accelerated pace. Well, when you realize there are strategies where you can bring in the right parties into your organization and you give them something that their bigger companies are not giving them, which is number one, respect, value, mentorship. And then they bring their gifts and resources into your boutique. They supersize it. And so our next fund offering is going to be over a billion dollars. And the the individuals that are going to lead it that we're hiring right now, but they want an exchange. They want to be able to say they own a piece of it. They want to be able to say that somebody valued them. So the psychology of humans is such an asset when you understand that. And so between supersizing Flowers Equity Partners and really launching the mentorship, both of these areas of my life, I'm thoroughly excited because I know that the end result is multiplied impact. And we're going to be able to have the resources to combat legislation that we're not in agreement with. We're going to have resources to combat educational app norms that we're not in agreement with. And, you know, he gives it to us, the experience is here, and now the manifestation. And so we're just sharing the good gospel. And then the people who are designed to come in and help support us and, and help us get there quicker, God's going to send them and we're going to embrace them. And we're going to do this because we don't own this. We're just stewards of it, right? He's just entrusting us with it. I love it. I love it. This has been so encouraging because, you know, when when I'm reading, I'm reading a book called The God Ask, and it's about fundraising. And, and you know, most people have like anxiety, like my the regional director for FCA, they wanted me to be. And I was like, no, I feel like I'm called to a certain area. And one of my friends who goes to my church, his wife leads worship at my church. 
And he took me through the area that I was going to be over. And he's like, here's what people happens in this area. Like kids either get in trouble and go to jail. They play sports, you know, they play or they get someone pregnant or get pregnant. Right. And he showed me where he lived and just some of the areas. And then God started to give me word after word after word what was going to happen. We're going to reopen the community center and extend the hours like all the finances are going to come in. And then I and then, you know, I just start to meet all these people like Ray and yourself and just all these other that are stewarding things to start revival yes. in the kingdom. Right. Like when you were saying empowerment, engagement, equipping, embracement, empowerment and, and elevation. Right. And engagement. Yeah. Right. I was thinking about all these things, how I could implement those in my life, right? Like, I always believe this, Reggie, the difference between the wisdom and the knowledge that I learn today, tomorrow, the next day is the action that I take from it. And it allows me to have revelation and then it allows me to have wisdom and discernment from it. So thank you for, you know, I, I'm with you, Ray, and I talk about this, you know, I have my five F's, you know, my faith, my family, my fitness, my finances, and my fun. Right. Yep. Like my, I know to be a good husband and to be a good steward of a spouse, you got to have fun. Right. Yes. And so how can people connect with you? Tell us how people can connect with you, learn more about you and get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. I think one of the best ways to get to know me will be on our YouTube channel, which is at Kingdompreneur underscore mentor on YouTube. There you'll have a chance to hear just how we think as a group, you know, some of the things that I discuss some experiences, right? There's a lot of great content and, and context there. And then as far as seeing my family, you can go to Instagram at I am Reggie Flowers. So I am Reggie Flowers on Instagram. If you want to learn more about Kingdompreneur Mentor, again, that's www.kingdompreneur mentor. It's a long word. Dot org. And then that'll be another direct way. You can email us there. You can contact us there. You can learn a lot about us, you know, at kingdompreneurmentor.org. I love that. I'll have all that in the show notes. We'll have that so people, and I say this, and so Reggie, thank you for being with me today, brother. It's been an honor and a privilege. I'm excited to get to know you better. I'm excited yes. to be encouraged more by you. And Lisa and I are just grateful the time that we got to spend with you, the words that you spoke. And so, and I say this all the time for my listeners, like the only way that you get to take action is that you follow Reggie, you go to his YouTube channel. You know, I was at my friend Myron Golden's conference and he said he had about 500 people in the room and he said, how many of you found me on YouTube? And mm -hmm. probably about 400 of the 500 people raised their hand. Yeah. And just to put this on record, Myron is a brilliant man. I've been recently listening to him for the past two or three months faithfully. And there's just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And he's someone, too, that I hope good quality people continue to get around and help expand his influence and reach because that man has a lot to offer the world. He really does. I agree. As do you. So I say this to finish my podcast all the time. Love God, love people, live with passion, vision, and purpose, passion, vision, and purpose. So until the next episode of the Heat Films podcast, thank you again to my brother, Reggie Flowers who is just an amazing man. God, I hope you all will go and connect with him. So God bless y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heat Fluence Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.